the heron that like crab me there was once a heron in certain place on the edge of a pond being old he sought an easy way of catching fish on which to live he began by lingering at the edge of his pond pretending to be quite irresolute not eating even the fish within his reach now among the fish lived a crab he drew near and said uncle why do you neglect today your usual meals and amusements and the heron replied so long as i kept fat and flourishing by eating fish i spent my time pleasantly enjoying the taste of you but a great disaster will soon befall you and as i'm old this will cut short the pleasant course of my life for this reason i feel depressed uncle said the crab of what nature is the disaster and the heron continued today i overheard the talk of number of fishermen as they passed near the pond this is a big pond they were saying full of fish we will try a cast of net tomorrow or the day after but today we will go to the lake near the city this being so you are lost my food supply is cut off i too am lost and in grief at the thought i'm indifferent to food today now when the water dwellers heard the trickster's report they all feared for their lives and implored the heron saying uncle father brother friend thinker since you are informed of calamity you also know the remedy pray save us from the jaws of this death then the heron said i am a bird not competent to contend with men this however i can do i can transfer you from this pond to another a bottomless one by this artful speech they were so led astray that they said uncle friend unselfish kinsman take me first me first did you never hear this stout hearts delight to pay the price of merciful self sacrifice count life as nothing if it end in gentle service to a friend then the old rascal laughed in his heart and took counsel with his mind thus my shrewdness has brought these fishes into my power they ought to be eaten very comfortably having this thought it through he promised what the thronging fish implored lifted some in his bill carried them a certain distance to a slab of stone and ate them there day after day he made the trip with supreme delight and satisfaction and meeting the fish kept their confidence by ever new inventions one day the crab disturbed by the fear of death importuned with his words uncle pray save me too from the jaws of death and the heron reflected i'm quite tired of this unvarying fish diet i should like to taste him he's different and choice 
So he picked up the crab and flew through the air. But since he avoided all the bodies of water and seemed planning to alight on the sun-scorched rock, the crab asked him, Uncle, where is that pond without any bottom? And the heron laughed and said, Do you see the broad sun-scorched rock? All the water dwellers have found repose there. Your turn has now come to find repose. Then the crab looked down and saw a great rock of sacrifice, made horrible by the heaps of fish skeletons, and he thought, Ah, me! Friends are foes, and foes are friends, and they mar or serve your ends. Few discern where profit tends. Again, if you will with serpents play, dwell with foemen who betray. Shun your false and foolish friends, fickle seeking vicious ends. Why he has already eaten these fish whose skeletons are scattered in heaps? So what might be an opportune course of action for me? Yet why do I need to consider? Man is bidden to chastise even elders who devise devious courses arrogant of their duty ignorant. Again, fear fearful things while yet no fearful thing appears when danger must be met strike and forget your fears. So before he drops me there, I will catch his neck with all four claws. When he did so, the heron tried to escape, but being a fool, he found no parry to grip of the crab's nippers and had his head cut off. Then the crab painfully made his way back to the pond, dragging the heron's neck as if it had been a lotus stalk. And when he came among the fish, they said, Brother, why you come back? Thereupon he showed the head as his credentials and said, He enticed the water dwellers from every quarter, deceived them with prevarications, dropped them on a slab of rock not far away and ate them. But I, for the life being predestined, perceived that he destroyed the trustful and have brought back his neck. Forget your worries. All the water dwellers shall live in peace. And that is why I say a heron ate what fish he could and the rest of it. My friends, said the crow, tell me how this villainous snake is to meet his doom. And the jackal answered, go to some spot frequented by a great monarch. There seize a golden chain or a necklace from some wealthy man who guards it carelessly. Deposit this in such a place that when it is recovered, the snake may be killed. So the crow and his wife straight away flew off at random, and the wife came upon a certain pond. As she looked about, she saw the women of King's Court playing in the water, and on the bank they had laid golden chains, pearl necklaces garments and gems. One chain of gold the crow hand seized and started for the tree where she lived. But when the chamberlains and the eunuchs saw the theft, they picked up the clubs and ran in pursuit. Meanwhile, the crow hand dropped the golden chain in the snake's hole and waited at a safe distance. Now when the king's men climbed the tree, they found a hole and in it a black snake with swelling hood. So they killed him with the clubs. 
recovered the golden chain and went their way. Thereafter, the crow and his wife lived in peace. And that is why I say in cases where brute force would fail and the rest of it. Furthermore, some men permit a petty foe through poor blind heedlessness to grow till he who played a petty role grows like a disease beyond control. Indeed, there is nothing in the world that the intelligent cannot control. As the saying goes, intelligence is power. But where could power and folly make a pair? The rabbit played upon his pride to fool him and the lion died. How was that? asked Cheek. And Victor told the story of Numskull and the rabbit.